Sunday a year ago, and you've changed your name, and you've changed the name of the presbytery, and I don't know if I'm coming or going. But it's lovely to be back with you again, and it's lovely to see in all the churches that things are beginning to open up, and the intimation sheets are getting longer. For so long there was no intimations, uh, but the intimation sheets are getting longer, and that, that's absolutely wonderful. Our call to worship, God, we cannot think as you think, we cannot know as you know, but we can worship you today, not alone, but with our families, our friends, and with peoples all over the world. So let us quieten our hearts and our minds as we start our worship with hymn 189, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, hymn 189. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you've called us here and we have come. You've called us into the light of God, our Father's love. We've come to have our eyes opened, to see the world and our neighbor in it through your eyes, to take heart and to follow you through all the highways and byways, all the highs and the lows 
confident that you will not fail us, but will light the way even through the deepest darkness. Father, forgive us when we fail to see you, when we look away from need, when we look at others but don't see the person. Forgive us when, our, when we use our sight to see what we, you would rather we didn't see, other faults, not our own, depravity, not beauty, the bad instead of the good. Open our eyes to the wonderful world you've given us and the glorious love with which you surround us. Help us to walk with you all the ways of our life, sharing with others the love you have given. Deepen our faith and our commitment that more eyes may be opened to real life. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, the healer of all ills, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm not coming too near, but I'll come a wee bit nearer. It's lovely to see you here, boys and girls. And this actually is the first children's or talk to young folk that I've done since a year ago. Many churches are not yet having their young folk coming round about. Are you all well? Are you all lions? No, because I've got something to show you that might upset if you're lions or cats. Mm, woo. Are you a tiger? That's even worse. That's why I'm keeping my distance. It's lovely. You're a... Oh, you're looking great. Oh, you're a monkey. You're a monkey. Oh, maybe in more ways than one. I know the feeling. You're an owl. Very wise. Very wise. And you are a cat. No, a cat. Lovely. And you're... Uh, mm, could be a number. What, what are you? A lion, another lion. Woo! No? You're a tiger, and that's a lion. And that's a monkey, and that's a cat. Right. I want... Oh, and oh, there's another cat having good fun with CH4. It's the best thing you can do with it. Yes, good lad. Now, boys and girls, I want you to close your eyes, whatever you are. Close your eyes. Keep them closed. What can you see? Dark. Can you see anything? No, no. Right, well, you can open your eyes again. Now, sadly, if you're as, sometimes as a young person, but certainly as you get older, if I look around the young people in the church, many of us find that our eyesight begins to fail a bit and we don't see things the way you will see with your good eyesight. What helps you to see if you're having trouble with your sight? Yes. Glasses. You're quite, that's why we wear them. You're quite right. Glasses help you see. And sometimes they're just single lenses. If you have difficulty reading or if you have difficulty just seeing in the distance. And other times, if you get like me, you're not seeing the distance. You're not seeing near at hand. You're not seeing the middle distance. So there's a whole lot of lenses in my glasses. And depending on where I put my eyes depends what I see is the theory. 
So that's what can happen. Say you were, sometimes, who else could maybe help you? Yes. Have you, you've got glasses. And do they help you see? A wee bit, yes. And isn't it wonderful that people can do things with glass to help us? I mean, it's really wonderful. Who else might help? Where'd you go for help for your glasses? Where'd you go? An optician, yes. And sometimes you need the helps of doctors. They can help sometimes even heal our sight, which is great. But sometimes, sadly, people end up blind. They can't see. Young people, Malaysian people, older people. What might help them see? Do you know what maybe helps? Glasses could help them see, but sometimes it gets beyond glasses. Yes. Exactly. Well done. I was going to give a clue. A, a blind dog could help them see. And I've got a couple of pictures this morning which show a couple that my, <coughs> my great nephew's sponsor guide dogs. And they've just got two new pups to sponsor. And these are young pups that will be trained, hopefully. One of the two that they sponsored before didn't make it to be a guide dog, but here they are. What's the, uh, aren't they? Uh, aren't they? Yes. The, the golden retriever lab cross. This one. He's called Kevin. Isn't Kevin lovely? And he loves investigating new places, snuggling in his blanket. Don't we all? And playing with his siblings. That means his brothers and sisters. And this one, which is a black lab, He's pretty nice as well. He's called Comet, and he loves having his tummy tickled. <laughs> I'm not, not seeing there, don't we all? <laughs> Finding different smells must be related to my dog. It's, it smells are dogs' emails. They get lots of messages as they smell, and making new friends. And I think we all like to move. Oh, there's a, there's a something. A kangaroo. There's a kangaroo. It'll hop about, but it can't help blind people see. But these dogs will be trained. Sorry? Is, oh, is it a dog? Sorry, I thought with its tail. Sorry. Oh, here's a dog. What's he called? Maybe he could be trained. What's he called? Doggy. Can't be more sensible than that. Will doggy train? I don't think. No, no. My dog couldn't be trained either. I can tell you. Not the, the, yes. That's right. Because some people can't work with a dog. And they get a stick. What color is the stick? Do you know? Silver or white. And it's long. So that the, that's a very good description. So that the stick hits things before they do. And in a way, that's what the dogs do. The dogs guide them round. <coughs> Excuse me. And the dogs tell them when to stop. And the dogs take them to where. I mean, they're very, very clever. And a lot of work goes in to making these dogs over two years suitable to guide people who've lost their sight. And that's one of the ways, while their sight isn't healed, they're able to go out and about. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, boys and girls and men and women, 
all of us need our sight healed by God because sometimes we don't see as we should. We sometimes don't see the other boys and girls at school or we play with as being nice when we should try and see why they're not being nice. Sometimes we don't want to include people in our own crowd. We've got our own wee crowd and we think that's fine and someone new comes to the church or the Sunday school or comes to church, to school or to our work and we think, no, we don't need you. But we should, be, we should see them as someone who we should be loving and including in our group. And as we look, older people look at the news. So often we see things in the news and we dismiss them or we say, well, that's what happens to that type of person or that's their fault, so hey-ho. And we shouldn't do that. God doesn't want us. God wants all our sight to be healed spiritually so when we look at other people, everybody, those in Paisley, those in Scotland, those throughout the world, when we look at them, we see someone like ourselves, someone who needs to be loved, someone who might need our help, someone that we can do the loving things to. So when you look at guide dogs, you maybe see them in the street, or you see someone with a stick, or you see old buddies like me with glasses, remembering that's one way of healing sight, but that we all need our sight healed. We all need to see what God wants us to see. So now we're going to sing hymn 164, God Gave Me Eyes to See, I think. 164.
Just before I bring uh, the reading of God's Word this morning, I've got one more announcement. I knew I would forget one. I was so busy, intent on making sure that I read out all the intimations that people gave me, I forgot to do my own. So, um, this coming Tuesday, the 26th of October, the service at the Connect Hub at the Outreach Centre will take the form of a fellowship meal. And we say, just bring your own sandwiches, but tea, coffee and biscuits will be provided. And everyone is welcome to come along to that. We hope to see some new faces uh, who will join us for that service. Thanks. And now our scripture reading this morning. Our first one is taken from Hebrews chapter 7, verses 23 to 28. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. And our second reading is taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, and the title is Blind Bartimaeus Receives His Sight. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Amen, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Muriel. Hymn 112, God whose almighty word chaos and darkness heard. One, one, two.
Our sight is a very precious gift from God and one that we maybe don't appreciate as much as we should until it's under threat. A year ago, I was here leading worship with you all. I woke up on the Monday morning with a very, very bad case of shingles all round my face and my eye. And for the next fortnight, I had to be taken to my optician three times because the fear was the shingles would go into the eye nerves and I might have lost the sight of that eye. And it was only during that fortnight that I really appreciated what my sight meant to me. And sight can be affected by many other different things, as we've all learnt over the past 18 months, because face masks not also hide our bugs from other people, but they also hide our faces from other people. And people find it difficult to recognise folk because they're only seeing half their face. I've heard from a number of ministers newly inducted into charges in the last 18 months saying that they don't know their congregation because they really haven't seen them yet. Apart from total lockdown, the cup of tea after services is only slowly coming into effect, but also people are masked. And you really somehow don't see people as well when they're masked up, although masks are very important. So much can affect our sight. So let us this morning think about sight, how we see, and what we see. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Mark's Gospel, sight and seeing are light motifs right through the Gospel. The disciples, he believes, are blind to who Jesus really is. They seem to get a bit of sight, and then they take a step back, and then they get a wee bit more sight. But even right up to the end of Mark's gospel, the disciples are not totally sighted. For example, just before today's passage, they were more worried about their place in the hierarchy. They cared more about their end position than they did about Jesus. They were looking after number one, not looking after him. And then along comes the story of blind Bartimaeus, and that is not a happy accident or a coincidence. That was deliberate, deliberate juxtaposition by Mark. So we're going to think about that day in Jericho when Christ came to call and Bartimaeus had to put his tuppence worth in. What were the crowd doing that day? Well, the crowd were gathering, as they always did, to see a new healer in town. They were excited. They were calling on their friends and family. Hurry up, we might miss him. They were encouraging neighbors and workmates to rush along. Come and see. They say he comes from Nazareth. They say he's very good. Jericho's streets that day would be a bit like Brayhead on a wet Saturday afternoon, evening. All these people eager to catch up with the disciples and Jesus, all these people keen to see Jesus in action. So why did they turn against Bartimaeus? Here was a perfect example, one of their own, 
They'd probably, some of them will have grown up with him. Some of them would have known when and how he lost his sight. They knew his blindness was genuine, that Bartimaeus was a real test for the lad from Galilee. So why the shushing? Why the harsh words? Why the telling him to just shut up? doesn't make sense, but it does if you start thinking about human nature. Because what they saw when they looked at Bartimaeus, what they saw was the disability. It was the blindness. They didn't see the person. They didn't see the need. Bartimaeus was making a nuisance of himself. He was interfering in that afternoon's sport. If they listened to him, if they helped him, they would maybe lose their place in the crowd. They'd come to see Christ heal, but they didn't see Bartimaeus as a possible candidate because Bartimaeus has got lost in his disability. And don't we do that? Don't we do that? It's far easier to see the disability and ignore the person. We've all done it. Talk to the person pushing the wheelchair rather the person in the wheelchair. Ask questions of the carer, not of the person being cared for. Talking about the disabled as though they are one group, not a lot of individuals. And we do it in other spheres. We talk about our fellow Christians of other denominations as just one group. We see other faiths as one mass of folk. We maybe say we fear Muslims because a very, 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 very small number of folk just claiming to be Muslim have behaved in a most un-Muslim fashion. And now we say we need them all out, even those who have been born and bred in Britain. It's very easy, just like the crowd in Jericho, it's very easy to be blind to others because we pop them in a box and we sometimes don't even pop them in the right box. The crowd saw Bartimaeus and saw a nuisance. Jesus saw Bartimaeus and saw a person. We could do with more Christ's sight than we have. We could do with trying to see through Christ's eyes and seeing others as he sees them. But Bartimaeus, what did he see? Well, as the children told us, he was blind. He saw nothing. He lived on the edge, on the edge of Jericho, on the edge of poverty, on the edge of society, on the edge of the faith. He was blind, therefore he couldn't work. He was of absolutely no use to his family or friends, no use to himself. The only way he got by was people putting shekels in his bowl. Society looked after him after a fashion, but they really would rather he wasn't there, constantly badgering them for fish or bread or a few pence. And to his fellow Jews, he was on the edge of the faith. He was being punished by God for something. Otherwise, why was he blind? He must have been a sinner or his father must have been a major sinner to have been left in that state. So even his faith was little comfort to him. 
Martimaeus lived in the edge, but Martimaeus saw right to the center. Son of David, have pity on me. Bartimaeus saw right through Jesus to the core of his being. He saw, in his blindness, he saw who Jesus truly was. Bartimaeus, we don't know how, but Bartimaeus saw that this man from Nazareth was the long-awaited Messiah. He knew that this man could do the necessary for him, that this man could heal him. So when Bartimaeus got the call to go to Christ, he threw off his cloak, jumped up, and went. In these few words, you get the, the sense of how excited he was, how full of hope, how happy. Go to Christ, you bet you. One call, he was there. He knew who Jesus was, and he knew what he needed. He knew that he needed healed, and this was the man who could do it. I wonder if that could be said of us. Do we really see who Jesus is, or do we only see who Jesus was? A crucial question. Do we really see who Jesus is, or do we only see who Jesus was? Most people accept Jesus' historical relevance. They see in him a historical figure, maybe the greatest historical figure who's ever been, because there are very few people who deny the existence of Jesus. Most admit that someone called Jesus of Nazareth lived in the first century AD in Nazareth. Many people admire him, at least for his teachings. Many people think that the Sermon on the Mount, his lessons about how to treat others, his caring advice as being the best lessons that have ever been. Some people think he had some kind of supernatural power, because, or at least powers that can't be great, easily explained. And some people, calling themselves Christians, have built a whole institution around this man, an institution which has been an influence for great good, but an institution that has also sadly been an, in, uh, an institution for great evil. So the man seems to be, have been accepted as a living entity at that time. So many see who Jesus was, but how many see him as he is. Bartimaeus saw that way back then, but do we do it today? Jesus was and is an enigma because those who believe him in these Christians believe in him in the present tense. Say that he is as alive today as he was in that day in Jericho. In a different form, yes, but equally active, equally approachable, and equally able to heal. In the letter to the Hebrews, Christ is very much in the present tense. The priesthood which Jesus holds is perpetual. He is able to save absolutely those who approach God through him. He is always living to plead on their behalf. Christ can today be as related to as he was then. 
Bartimaeus, in his blindness, saw who he was and knew what he could do for him. So he ran and he asked him. How easy do we find it to see Jesus as he is? Are we blind to his call, blind to his presence? Do we worship him as someone who was, as someone who lived well, maybe even perfectly, or do we come into his presence and worship him as he is? Do we feel that we can ask him for what we need? Master, the blind man said, I want my sight back. Is that what we want? Do we want to see again? Do we want to be given God's eyes so that we can see others as God does? Do we want to see God's love in action in the world today? Do we want to see the rich variety in life and in people, see the glorious fellowship of which we are part and parcel? Do we want to see Jesus in our family and friends, in our neighbors, in our colleagues, and in the strangers whose paths cross ours? Do we want to see the person behind the dark glasses or the mask, be they physical, mental, or spiritual ones? Do we, do we want to see as Christ wants us to see? Do we want to see Christ alive, active, and calling on us? And if we see him calling, would we run to him? And would we know ourselves well enough to know the disabilities from which we need to be healed. Sight is a wonderful thing. Spiritual sight is an even more wonderful thing. To see Jesus in the everyday, to be granted spiritual awareness that sees beyond the mundane, the mere physical, is one of the greatest gifts that can be given to us today in the 21st century here in Paisley. Bartimaeus' need was answered. He was healed. And once healed, once able to see, he didn't muck about. He went and followed Christ on the road. And that road is still being walked by countless men and women whose blindness has been healed and who walk with Jesus, seeing him day by day. That truly is the walk of life. That truly is the eye test we all want to pass. May the praise and the glory, the power and the dominion be with the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. And now the choir are going to sing today's anthem.
Thank you, choir, for a most appropriate anthem. And can I just say it's lovely to have a choir. Uh, I wouldn't say, I was going to say you're a dying breed. I don't mean that. <laughs> but it, it's quite unusual, and that, that was absolutely lovely. Lovely. Let us pray. Lord, you have granted us so many gifts and so many blessings. You're with us each step of the way, granting us your healing. Help us to see the world through your eyes, and may these gifts brought in love be blessed by you to make your work, take forward your work in your world. For Jesus' sake, amen. And now Muriel is going to lead us in the prayers for others. Let us pray. Faithful God, we pray for Christians throughout the world and particularly for those who are persecuted because of their faith in you. We ask for your protection for them and strength and guidance for all individuals and organisations that seek to help them. We pray for the coming Climate Change Conference, which will take place in the next few weeks here in Glasgow. As the world leaders continue to discuss the way ahead, may you give them wisdom to come up with really effective plans that will help change the way we have been living, which has caused major problems to our planet. We pray that these discussions will not just be a talking exercise, but will result in real action. We pray for our church family here at St George's. As we continue to grow as a united congregation, help us to blend together so that we will be an effective witness within our community. Loving God, we pray for our local community. Please show us how we can best serve the people who are struggling in any way. We pray for all organisations that are starting to meet again after the following COVID pandemic. We pray for all children, teachers and staff at schools in our parish. And we ask especially that you would help those children who have struggled with fear or anxiety because of this pandemic. May they begin to relax and feel secure once again. Lord, we lift up before you all within our congregation who are dealing with the loss of a loved one. May they know your peace, strength, and comfort at this time. We also pray for all who are sick, housebound, or those waiting for hospital appointments for treatment. May they also know your presence with them at all times. And now we take a moment's silence as we just bring those who are on our own hearts before you. Lord, we bring all of these prayers before you now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Muriel. We conclude this service by singing hymn 448, 
Lord, the light of your love is shining. Four, four, eight. to look at the world through Christ's eyes and to love the world with Christ's love. So go, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you and remain with you this day and forever. <laughs>